Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The must-have rookie players for fantasy football, besides B. John Robinson. Coming up right now on FFT and Five. What's going on, everybody? Dave Richard joined by Chris Trapasso. If you listen to our Saturday FFT podcast, that's when you heard Chris. We went into a lot of the rookies that were taken in day three. Talked about some of the day one and day two rookies, but right now it's the must-have rookies. I've got questions for Chris, and he's going to answer them. Chris, an NFL draft expert for CBSSports.com. Question number one, Chris. I'm up in round nine. All four of the wideouts that were taken on day one are available. Which one is the must-have? I would say Quentin Johnston, um, just because his quarterback position or his quarterback situation with Justin Herbert, yards after the catchability, is something that the Chargers don't really have. They don't necessarily have that with Mike Williams. They don't have it with Keenan Allen at this stage of his career. So of the round one wide receivers, I think Quentin Johnston being able to take those short throws, getting down the field, bouncing off tacklers, he'd be my guy. I like his talent. I think I like the opportunity a little bit better for Zay Flowers. And I'm thinking more okay. about 2023. But Jordan Addison is the one that I think has the most upside of the group. Funny mm-hmm. because Smith and Jigba was the first one taken. And he's the one I like the least Me too. in 2023. Question number two. Okay, those four wide receivers are off the board. I'm in a PPR league. It's redraft. Who is the must-have wide receiver? Is Josh Downs of the Indianapolis Colts. I know Anthony Richardson is kind of viewed as this project type, but he does have Shane Steichen there who did such a good job, not just getting Jalen Hurts to where he was last season, but in that first year as a full-time starter, a lot of easy throws, a lot of high, uh, high percentage passes, not that far down the line of scrimmage. And Josh Downs, last two seasons at UNC, had the second most catches in all of college football from zero to nine yards beyond the line of scrimmage he's kind of that Cole Beasley type the consummate possession slot wide receiver he'll be an instant best friend for Anthony Richardson volume 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 I couldn't agree more really think that he's got a chance to be great and in full PPR I might take him over Jonathan Mingo as well Mm. those are two guys that you're probably debating over question number three I'm keeping it with wide receivers Chris which one other than the guys that we've talked about has the best long-term value for fantasy managers. That's going to be Marvin Mims, the wide receiver from the Denver Denver. Broncos. We've heard some rumblings about Jerry Judy, maybe Cortland Sutton. In terms of long-term, maybe not being on this team for the next three, four, five years. Marvin Mims last season had the second most or third most yards in all of college football on those deep balls, 20 plus yards down the field. We know Russell Wilson is at his best when he's launching those moon balls down the field. Marvin Mims also 55% contested catch rate, which is pretty good for being a smaller 4-3 wide receiver. So this season, I think we'll see some of those splash plays at a lower volume. But long term, I think he can round himself out into being maybe the secondary, the primary secondary option on this team. It's such a close call for me on this because I like Marvin Mims and I especially like that he's the hand-picked guy of Sean Payton. 
Mm-hmm. But Rasheed Rice, a little bit bigger, not as fast. There's no question about it. He's catching passes from Patrick Mahomes for probably his entire career, or at least the beginning of his career in Kansas City. That's a name that I wouldn't sleep on either. Let's move it to tight ends, Chris. Who's the tight end that you think can impact fantasy the most, the must-have for 2023? Sam Laporta of everyone's favorite team, the Lions, or the upstart team that everyone's rooting for. Last season, it was crazy to me, like looking back, that DeAndre Swift was second on the team in targets with only 70. And really, only the Lions signed 33-year-old Marvin Jones to add to that Amon Ra St. Brown-led passing offense. I think Laporta is... The fact that he was a early second round pick, their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, probably wants to plug back in a high level receiving target at tight end after they traded TJ Hawkinson. He's he's an agile tight end, Mm -hmm. and I think the role is good. I'm a little bit nervous about the volume that he'll get, particularly as a rookie, 3.7 catches per game last year for Hawkinson in Detroit. Chris, Dynasty, would you say Laporta over Kincaid and over Michael Mayer as well? I think so. I think just because even if you're looking into the future and you figure that the Lions will, whether it's going to Hendon Hooker eventually or they dip back into the early round waters at the quarterback spot, then suddenly you have this, like you said, athletic, agile tight end who's sneaky good after the catch. I think he's better than Mayer and Kincaid after the catch with that contact balance. Interesting. All right. We will definitely keep an eye on that. I've got one last question for you, and it's one that every single dynasty manager needs the answer to. Who is the must-have sleeper running back in this draft class? When it comes to dynasty, this one was almost a layup to me, even though he was a seventh-round pick. Dwayne McBride running back for the Minnesota Vikings. We don't even know if Delvin Cook is going to be on the roster week one. Are they going to trade him by the trade deadline? And all that he really has in front of him is Alexander Madison. Dwayne McBride forced a missed tackle on almost 36% of his rushing attempts last season at UAB, which is a really high number. It's not quite Bijan Robinson or Jameer Gibbs, but it's very high. I think he's built to run in Kevin O'Connell's wide zone scheme, uh, the contact balance, the vision is very good between the tackles. He could be someone that's getting a serious amount of carries even as a rookie and could enter 2024 as kind of the number one guy on an offense that has a good offensive line. And he had a ton of 100-yard rushing games. It was at UAB, so it's not like you know he was taking on the SEC every single week or anything like that. But a one-cut runner, you mentioned it, the zone scheme, that's something that I thought he did really well at UAB, yep. and that's just a trait that'll help him translate into the Vikings offense. You're right. Could absolutely be that guy, and he might be there in round three in your rookie-only drafts because the rest of your league might not be ready to walk down the aisle up to the altar or chuppah and go with McBride. That's going to do it for FFT and 5. Chris, thank you very much. Don't forget to like and subscribe both to this video on YouTube and to our podcast wherever you download it. It's a great way to get your fantasy fixed this five minutes. Take care. This is Sandra Oreda from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golasso Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. Women's National Team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. 
We'll also be keeping tabs on the Winter Transfer Window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more, Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third.